Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. This is Gerald Glasser coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos where we cover the latest news and trends <laughs> in pop culture. Uh, oh, do we kill me? <laughs> oh, we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcast. Plus also as well, of course, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. We're covering NFL Week 15, so go ahead and join us there. When we go on later tonight, talking there on the Pop Culture Cosmos YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts on Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Plus Joe Sorrell, who is part of our Playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break Live coverage, along with Laker Nick and Magic Man Sean Grice and myself. He has a great company that you need to support, Simblades. Simblades with the Y.com also as well. Of course, he is Ox1947. And even though we won, you know he's not too happy right now because the way we won, and he's letting everybody know is Ox1947 at Lakersball.com. Plus also our good friends, Jamie Sweet, who I've been interacting with during the course of the game. Admiral Akbar set the trap. And the Lakers almost fell into it. But you can find what he has to say, and I'm sure it'll be very interesting on his five things articles, along with Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there at Lakerholics.com. Also, as well, our good friends, in fact, one right, right down below, it's John Costa from Lakers Corner. Go ahead and check out his YouTube channel. Also, as well, of course, our good friend Tony B from Australia, Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat. Also, as well, Lakers in Five, Empire Jeff TV, and the John McCallion channel. And speaking of supporting great channels like these, please go ahead and hit the little Joe next to the big Joe right there. The little Joe, not the big Joe. Hit the little Joe. If you want to hit the big Joe, that's up to you. We'll just call you Draymond Green. But if you want to hit the little Joe, go ahead and click on the little Joe with the beady eyes. That way you'll be subscribed. And then like and follow us on Facebook. That way you'll get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Well, the Lakers came into tonight uh, coming off a stinging loss in Dallas, a game that they should have won. And uh, with LeBron James with his left thigh or left calf, excuse me, contusion, 
uh, Aoi with the bruise there, basically a way for him to rest. So he rested today against San Antonio. We were figuring, uh-oh, is the trap laid out for the Los Angeles Lakers today? Jamie said it. And for a while, he was looking like, Jamie, what do you got to worry about? As the Lakers built up an early lead, at one point in time, they had a 17-4 to fast break advantage. They looked really good and opening up an almost, actually, they did open up a 20-point lead at one point in time. But the Lakers, who were ahead by double digits most of the way, just never really did enough to put the, the game out of reach. They played with their food, as I said during the broadcast, a little bit too long. And that food came back upon them in the fourth quarter as some terrible clock management by Darvin Ham, some terrible decision-making. And really, just the Lakers just, they, Austin, D'Lo, everybody just took their foot off the gas. And the Lakers almost let the game get away from as San Antonio came roaring back from double-digit deficit to tie the game late in the fourth quarter. But the Lakers did have some... And they did have some heroics from Anthony Davis, leading them with 37 points. And the Lakers do manage to pull out a victory today, 122 to 119. And here today, to go ahead and talk about today's game is a good man indeed. He is the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to watch this game that was comfortable for most of the way and just terrible planning in that fourth quarter by Darvin Ham. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. And Sean... Great to have you here, my friend. Thank you so much for heading up our coverage on playback, as always. Again, a very comfortable lead for three quarters squandered by some ineptitude and poor decisions and very just questionable coaching on the part of Darvin Ham tonight. Yeah, uh, yes, Joe. Uh, when you give up 45 points in a quarter, that's questionable coaching at best. Um considering the fact that the Spurs are coming off uh, the worst uh, offensive performance by an NBA team this year. They had only scored 83 points in the entirety of that Bulls game drilled and shot atrociously. Um, then all of a sudden they find the uh, the Midas touch, or should we say that the Midas ham touch, ran into the right coach for what it's worth at times just does not make the right adjustments at the right time. And quite frankly, I mean, Gerald, I thought, I, I thought Christian Wood would have given the team a little bit of a boost, but his defense was just really poor again. Like just to put it bluntly, it's, 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 um, it's gobshite. It's gobshite. And he really needs to either button up and really dig in his heels and try and, and make the right plays defensively. Or you could be like Thomas Bryant was last year and kind of sulk your way all the way up to the front office, knock on the door, sit there and say, oh, you know what, I don't. I don't really like being here. I'm I'm not being played to my best abilities. Rob, please trade me. If he wants to do that, that's fine by me. Because at this point, we talked about this, Gerald. I was the least least panelist who was um, 
um, thrilled with the idea of having Christian Wood as a, a big part of the team. You were. You were. And um, I thought for sure yesterday might be an opportunity for him to get a shot in the arm. And him didn't play him. Played him tonight, and it just it didn't feel right from the start again. Um, kind of felt awkward the past few games with him in there that sums off. Uh, energy just doesn't seem to fit with what we're trying to do out there, uh, especially defensively. And, you know, at least for tonight, Gerald, we've got the win. So that's that's the most important thing. Got to win off a of back-to-back. So uh, it, it comes against the team that's now lost 18 straight. And by the way, Gerald, just to put this into perspective, uh, since the Pistons lost tonight and the Wizards lost tonight, these three teams have combined for one win in the past. And I want everybody to understand this number because it's pretty big. One win in the past 55 games combined. One in 54. It's terrible. Terrible, as the great Charles Barkley would say. But also here today is a good man indeed. It is John Costa from the Lakers Corner. John, great to have you here. Magic Man said it best right there. Just These are games that you do not let get away. And I know Jamie Sweet from Lakerholics.com, he laid out the trap. He's been known to do it for years on this show where he sees these trap games and he lays it out there for the fans. And, you know, I just said during the, the broadcast, you don't play with your food like this. You get up, you go past 20, you get them up by 30, and then you get the deal done with it. And I, I know Joe doesn't want to hear that, but frankly, I don't care because you already said it during playback. They played with their food and they almost got bit by it because they got lackadaisical. They took their foot off the gas and it almost cost them tonight. Man. First of all, thank you guys for having me on. Love being on, being on here. One of the best Lakers post game show. Um, so always happy to be here. But man, guys, forty five points in the fourth quarter. Forty five points. That is ridiculous. And what's crazy to me is throughout the entire game. I felt this sense of confidence because I felt like very similar to in that Pacers game when anytime something started to go wrong, we say, Anthony Davis, go ahead, go, go, go in there, go be aggressive. And he would do that. We would string off maybe set five to 10 points. This game, he had the same ability to do that. He did it actually quarters one, one through three, because Wimby is just too young, too little, too small right now. Yes. Wimby has his great potential. Yeah. But right now for a 30 year old, Anthony Davis, he was just too small. But like how Magic Man said, though, we got the win. It was on a back-to-back. That, that's one of my biggest concerns, right, is the, is the back-to-back, especially after the, after the Cup, after the, the uh, in-season tournament win that we had. Uh, you would hope that Anthony, you know, hope Anthony Davis shows up. And he did, he did show up. But my last thing I want to say to this, and then, I, you know, I definitely want to hear what Joe and what everybody else got to say, is I, I, I heard, I seen somebody in the comments here say, I'm more pissed about today's win than last night loss. And honestly, I think that's a perfect way to sum it up because the way that Darvin Ham, just his lack of, of being able to make the adjustments at the right time, the way that we almost let this game go is, is honestly ridiculous, but I hope it's um one of the lessons learned, but let's see what my guy Joe got to say. It was that, and that wasn't uh, Jamie Sweet, because actually that's the third person to say that within the past 10 minutes, that exact phrase of what you said. Yeah, 
they're more mad about tonight than they were yesterday with the loss. I I'll, personally, it's I feel the other way because the Lakers actually got the win tonight. And even though it was kind of ugly at the end, 45 points given up in the fourth quarter, some really mistakes down the stretch as far as coaching wise. But you know what? We got the win anyway. It's 122 to 119. And here today to go ahead and tell you why today's victory was very agonizing indeed. It is Joe Sorrow, Symblades, Symblades with a Y.com, and also as well, LakersBall.com. Go ahead, my friend. Shout it out. You were. Not quite as mad as you were yesterday, because for the first three quarters, it was great. We were all comfortable. We were all relaxed. And then it all went all wrong in the fourth quarter. Well, you know, it goes wrong when you have skid marks that they call the San Antonio Spurs all of a sudden turning into Steph Curry in his prime. That that didn't help with uh, 45 points. only goes to show you how worthless this team is, that they can actually play that well, but they don't for four quarters. So I have no respect for the San Antonio Spurs. I have no respect. I still have no respect for Draymond Green, by the way, guys. And I keep telling you guys this Draymond Green is a taint. He'll always be a taint. And now we're going to see if Adam Silver really, really taints him good right back. I want a year long suspension for this idiot. Not because he plays tough. Not because he's a the engine that little that little engine that could for the for the Warriors, which is total bullcrap. He's been lousy for two plus years now. They won the title despite him because of Steph Curry's greatness that year. And now we get a chance to see if Adam Silver can do one more time what he did to that scum ex-owner of the Clippers and surprise everyone and just say, you know what, Draymond, you're never going to learn your lesson. You're done for the year. Think about it. Sulk in it. The fact that that idiot lied on top of what he did in that lousy press conference saying it was an accident, he was trying to do whatever the hell whatever the hell, the hell he was doing there. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, so tonight's game was, if I had to assess it, I would say – you had a team that had a good lead against a uh, gutter of a team and the gutter, you know, kind of turned into the the clown from it. It just, it just kept coming. It just kept coming until finally we got lucky on a couple of bounces there and we were able to hit a couple free throws and win the game. I'm not going to hold any, any thoughts on this game. They won the game. They played pretty well. Yeah. They put, they took their foot off the, the gas. I've seen this a thousand times and we'll see it another thousand times if we live another 30 years. So I wasn't too surprised. I was actually just surprised that these guys started making their shots because they couldn't, they couldn't hit what they couldn't throw a pebble in the water. Their passing was terrible for three quarters. Jim. Yeah. Well, they were terrible all, all the way through again. I I'm, I'm trying to come back from yesterday. I, I was still, I slept it off a little bit. Uh, it started getting a little bit better during the day. And of course, watching the first three quarters was good. I, it didn't, it, this game just didn't bother me in the fourth. I just didn't think they were going to lose anyways, but I was just surprised at how good. You know, got to give Victor Wembyama some credit here too, by the way, guys. He was – he he, he kind of was the guy that really kind of kept them in the game with just being a distraction on defense uh, and hitting a, a few threes. That guy's going to be a star, and uh, God help you all if he plays, you know, 75, 82 games a year because you, you're going to have the game plan for that guy. He, he blocks everything and can get any basket he wants under the rim. There's really nothing you can do. He's just, he's just too tall. 
<laughs> he's too tall and too skilled. But uh, I'm going to take a guess and I, I, I'm, I that, that the Lakers are going to take this day off and then probably evaluate AD's situation and maybe let him kind of sit and have LeBron come in on the four, uh uh, come in on Friday to, 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 to finish this little San Antonio two-step. And at that point, we still need to get the next two games as well, New York on Monday and the Bulls after that. If we can win uh, these next three games, the Lakers can go into that three-ring three, three ring circus against uh, um, Oklahoma City, Minnesota, and Boston, and hopefully take uh, two out of three there. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. And uh, – AD, uh, AD, keep doing what you're doing, buddy. Tonight was nice. He had four steals tonight. Two quick NFL questions. Although, please, if you want, join us for the ISFF coming up here on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel. We'll record it after this show. But uh, I guess, uh, first off, Kubra wanted you to no let you know that the NFL, I guess, noticed him in some way. I, I guess congratulations for that. Uh, second of all, I guess Kurt Affair wanted your thoughts on Bill Belichick uh, possibly being ousted by the Patriots? Uh, there was a major mistake that Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick made uh, in letting Brady go when they did. They might have been able to muster one more Super Bowl, at least in appearance, if they had just kept them and let him finish his career there. But for some reason, Bill Belichick just could not help himself. He wanted to do that. Well, we can stick anybody in here and, and, and have it work. Well, no, you can't. Bill Belichick, you are a very, very great coach. I say very, very great, not mistakenly saying it that way. But you can't, you just can't be who you are without the right talent. And that was a two-generational talent, and it lasted a very long time. And he should have lasted, he should have had it for another couple of years. He might have won another Super Bowl with him. And now his inability to draft the the players and his problem drafting players this is so much that he doesn't know who's talented is that he looks at players as who's going to listen to everything i say yeah that doesn't always work when it comes to talent you need some guys that are a little bit of a diva especially receivers again you don't have the west welkers and the edelmans but those guys are probably not who they are without number 12. sorry edelman sorry welker you guys didn't make it before you guys came to New York, New England. And I say that, I, I meant that Walker, sorry, not that Edelman, because he was a Patriot his whole career. But it, it, you, you, just, you just can't make that work, guys. It's just the, the, the gunslinger was the guy that made it work. So Bill Belichick, the next question is going to be, where does he go? Uh, he's not going to go to, uh, to, the, to the Chargers, folks. I don't think any coach in their right mind will ever want to uh, coach for the Spanos family. The Spanos family are abhorrent, uh, terrible, 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 greedy uh, ownership. Uh, I would say them, the Bidwells and the McCaskies in Chicago are are, are, are as bad as they get. Uh, Sean, I know Mark Davis gets a lot of hate, but I think at the end of the day, Mark Davis at least tries. He's just not good at what he does. Uh, but the other three are just that's terrible. fair enough, Joe. I, I can't I, I, I can't I can't argue with you. That's it's it's what it is. I mean, again, I I've seen Mark Davis, and as much as I can handle looking at that bull haircut, I've listened to him talk. He seems like a guy that actually has some sense and is a very decent person. So I don't want to dog him on that. But that guy doesn't know how to run a football team. But the other three, they don't know how to run a football team, and they fell into this 
cash cow of an NFL team after all these years. And I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put them in charge of a lemonade stand on, to be honest with you. So Belichick is probably going to stay in the East coast where hmm, ask me in about three weeks after I see what Buffalo, how they Buffalo bills end the season. Hopefully uh, not the Raiders. Gerald, as uh, Raiders. we keep, we keep the train moving. Yes, sir. Uh, just wanted to uh, share this. With Once everybody. again, it is the Lakers winning, one twenty-two to one nineteen. Go ahead, my friend. You got it. So this was AD's twenty-first uh, double-double of the season, Gerald. That's the most double doubles he's had to start a season since 2019-2020 through almost twenty-five games. And as we can see here. Because he's been on a heater for the past, I'd say, four ball games. As you can see, he's in the during this streak. He's become a three level scorer again. Um, so, if if this is if this is just a, a small taste of what he's able to continue to do, if you have to respect him as a second level and even. You know, a threat as a three-level scorer again, it it creates a fantastic wrinkle that uh, we can use to kind of, well, let's face it, overcome Ham's coaching. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yeah. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. So let me ask you this before I get it over to John real quick. Magic Man, when you see tonight's performance, that fourth quarter, and I'll get back to Joe on this as far as the, the coach is concerned. I still have issues how in a, with a fourth quarter where you, you need to fish, finish them off, you give up 45 points in that fourth quarter. That has to be of some concern to you. Uh, even if it is the Spurs that the Lakers lose focus, I understand that to some extent because just because how bad this team is that they're playing. But, man, you know, it is an NBA team nonetheless, and you can let these things get away from you. And it almost got away from them tonight. I just I put a lot of this on ham as far as that 45-point fourth quarter. Your thoughts, Magic Man? Yes, Hundred percent, uh, I agree. Hundred percent, Jill. I, I, you were up eighteen. You had won all three quarters. Basically, the set, the the first and the second were a bit of a 
dog's breakfast towards the end. Um, but you were still up 18 after the third. And to give up, again, to give up 45 points, that's a season high for the Spurs in a quarter, Gerald. Um, they play at a negative over 12.4 differential, Gerald. This is not a good basketball team at all. They're not good passing team. They're not a good cutting team. They lack focus and concentration at times. And for 41 minutes, the Lakers took advantage of it, but then you let seven and a half minutes get away from you, and it was tooth and nail towards the end there. And they can't repeat that performance on Friday. It needs to be in and out. You know, it's not like Inside Man. This needs to be like uh, uh, the French Connection, like in and out. Can't can't be dawdling and playing with your food, as uh, you and Nick like to say on playback. Absolutely, I agree with you, my friend John. Let me bring it back to you, my. I want to ask you this. When you see a 45-point fourth quarter for a team that they should have put away, giving them confidence, giving them life, a team that actually saw the end of their, their losing streak right before their eyes that they could, they just had a chance to reach out and grab it. And I bet a lot of their fan base is saying that we could have had this victory tonight. Your thoughts on what could have been prevented in order for the Lakers not to have suffered such a humiliating fourth quarter? I mean, honestly, we've all we've all been saying this. So I'm really gonna sound like an echo board, but Darvin Ham, right? I'm looking at the minutes right here, right? In the fourth quarter, Anthony Davis, as the man who had 37 points, the man who all game, all three quarters, we were feeding and it was working. He played seven minutes and 20 seconds in that fourth quarter. You know who played almost the entire fourth quarter instead? Christian Wood. <laughs> Christian Wood played 11 minutes and 38 seconds that that, that fourth quarter. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, at, at some point, Darvin Ham's got to get quicker with these adjustments, got to get quicker with these rotations. And, uh, you know, I kind of think back to, um, you know, when Coach Coach Bud was on the on the Bucks. Like, remember, he would just refuse to make the rotation of of the drop coverage, and the Bucks just get kept, just kept getting killed on that on the mid range. And I think that that's similar to what what Darvin Ham does. I mean, like, uh, th- there was time, there were so many times down court where. It, it was evident that we needed Anthony Davis. It was evident that we needed a real big. I mean, I feel like throughout this season, so many times we've realized we're not a small team. We're not a team that shoots threes. We are a team that's a bunch that's big. We're full of trees and we bang inside and we bang down low. So to me, it, it just, it just doesn't make any sense as to why your best player as to why when LeBron is out th- now we should be feeding Anthony Davis even more it just doesn't make sense to me that he's getting less minutes than Christian Wood, the man who we all know that there are certain matchups that he just can't be out there for. And he's a a, a liability. And I'm not, I'm not even the one to like fully bash on Christian Wood and say, Oh, let's trade him and and whatnot. I actually even dropped a video on on my Lakers corner channel talking about like it's situational. Sometimes it's, it's great to have him out there. Sometimes he's a complete liability, but this game, like, you need to realize in the games where he's a liability, make that adjustment and move forward. Because I mean, coming into the coming into the fourth quarter, up by 18, win the game by three, 
you can only point that to one one thing and one thing only the coach and lack of adjustments once again it is the lakers fast break the lakers do squeak out a victory 122 to 119 joe let me ask you this i know that your pennywise comparison uh for the clown from it earlier was was very apropos Talking about Rui Hashimura, let's talk about Rui for a second here. Rui got the start tonight in place of LeBron. You thought, okay, he's going to get himself really some good minutes out there, consistent minutes, getting a rhythm. First half, especially that first quarter, really looked good in that first quarter, gave you some plays, gave a little bit in the second half, but he ended up only playing 24 minutes, only three minutes more than Christian Wood, 24 minutes tonight. Let me ask you this, Joe. When you see Rui Hashimura not getting much more time out there, even with LeBron out of the game, what does that say about Darvin Ham and the way he feels about Rui Hashimura? Go ahead, well, Joe. Uh, sorry. Gotcha. Yeah, I got gotcha. Yeah, it might be one of the few things he might be getting right that you got, that the uh, fan base isn't recognizing. I want to apologize for talking too much out of out of Laker talk here, guys. So I'm going to go Laker in here the rest of the way. Well, I advertise it for you. So no, 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 it's okay. Hey, look, they he, they asked a question. I'm answering. I'm just saying for those. Oh who no, are, that's good. That's all good. No, we're saying I, yeah. I give them a lot of plugs, so you know you no, no, got to no, go good. in there. I'm still going to answer the questions, even if they're not Laker. But I also want to appease those who are here for Laker talk. So the rest of the way, it's Laker talk, and I'm going to break down the player situation for everyone right now. I want you guys to listen. Okay, it's very important. You're probably wondering why I'm not upset about how the Lakers performed in the fourth quarter. And I'll tell you why. Because this is who they are, guys. This is the players that we're talking about. Jackson Hayes, Christian Wood, Rui Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell. These guys are not stars. They are role players. Now, D'Angelo is probably the most disappointing because he's made an all-star team. And he has shown that he has the ability to be that guy. But he doesn't. You know, he just doesn't. He checks out mentally. He just, it's just not one of those things where he's going to be that guy, at least, let's say, three and a half games out of the four games per week. Okay. So when you guys get upset about certain performances of guys, right? Uh, you know, you, you get emotional. You're like, ah, you suck. Ah, what were you thinking? Yeah. But the way I look at it is, is this is who they are. And Darwin doesn't really have a lot of, I guess, a lot of players to play with to where he can go, you know what? I know this guy can give me that 15-footer every time I need a shot. Is it a coincidence when you put AD in there, he kind of gets you that shot when you need it? Is it diff- Is there a coincidence that when LeBron goes in there, he gets you that layup when you need it? That's why they are them, okay? Austin Reeves can kind of tinker in there every now and then. He has a shot at maybe being that third guy, but I think he, we just still need to kind of see how that goes right but this is who they are guys the the, the the team doesn't have like that wily veteran that 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 guy the microwave a vinnie johnson that could come off the bench and just drop 15 or 20 points the laker team likely still needs a third scorer they could probably get away with what they have now as long as lebron and ad are healthy and somewhat fresh in the playoffs but they need like a third scorer so that they can get that reliability in moments like this during a shift, right? The shift was we're up by 12, 14, 16, and then, you know, we want to sit AD down to see if we can get him to not have to play the rest of the quarter, but obviously that didn't work out. And then it started getting worse because they do have Victor Wembeyamba, who 
guys, this guy's going to be a star as long as he stays healthy. And I'm talking, he's going to be a mega star. The guy was shooting threes left and right. The guy was a distraction at the hoop. And that guy playing against Jackson Hayes and, and Christian Wood, that's, that's like me playing against six-year-olds. It's just that's how good he is. So we need to, or I should say the Lakers, I'm sorry, we need to as a fan base understand the talent that, that the Lakers have. Uh, you can't expect Vando to be a offensive stalwart. He's not. He's a defensive guy. And, of course, uh, Cam Reddish is the same way. Now, Cam has been sh- shooting that corner three a little bit better last few games. But it, we're going to have to temper our expectations. And Rob is – and I talked to Sean about this uh, earlier today in depth. I think it's the most I've ever talked to Sean about the Lakers off air. It was a <laughs> lot of detail. The Lakers need – to likely figure out one more player in this. And it can't be a buyout guy. It can't be a, a tweener or a guy that's streaky. It needs to be someone that you know you're like, ooh. Kind of like when Horace Grant got traded to the Lakers in 01. You're like, ooh, he is perfect for that team. And he was, right? He was. And he, and he was at the perfect time, too, before that. Uh, you guys know the results for the for the Laker fans in 2001. You saw how that ended. So I, I that's where I'm at with this, guys. That's where I'm at with And, and as far as Darvin Ham's coaching is concerned, I can sit here and rant all day, every day about his coaching, but then it'll get stale. Uh, I don't want to be stale. I'd like to be a little, you know, I'd like to do the usuals, but I also want to have a little bit of uniqueness in the rants so that it doesn't, you know, get, get stale. So Darvin Ham in his defense tonight was trying to rest AD. It didn't work out. And then all of a sudden the San Antonio Spurs turned into the Dallas Mavericks. Every time they play us 45 points, they couldn't miss a three. Why can't they play like this? The other days, why, why tonight? Why? Cause they're playing the Lakers. And we've seen this story. Over and over again all these years, when you play against the Lakers, everybody's balls goes up, everybody's ass goes up, everybody starts playing like superstars. So let's see what happens here in a couple days. My my prediction is AD is going to possibly sit Friday and bring in LeBron and let LeBron get a little taste of this, and let's, let's, get, the, let's get the win. I don't care how you do it. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 122-119. to 119. Magic Man, I'm going to ask you this. You know, I, I'm going to hit up uh, actually John here in a second on D'Lo because D'Lo, I remember our conversation on D'Lo and I'm going to point back to it here in a second. But when it comes to Cam Reddish, I remember conversations you and I were having, uh, you know, on our email, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com with Rodell on a daily basis saying that why is Cam Reddish playing so much? Why is Cam this? Why is Cam that? Why can't Max Christie play more? Why is Max Christie not playing more? Max, 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 Max. Funny. Cam Reddish just goes about his business. True, it's still an awkward thing to see when he drives through the basket. I'm not going to tell you wrong. True, it's not the prettiest shot in the world from the outside. But when you see him on defense, you see his length, you see his athleticism, you see him out there. Just basically, okay, of course it helps with San Antonio as the worst passing team I've ever seen in that first half. But with Cam Reddish flying over, all over the place in those passing lanes, it truly makes him special as far as what he's doing for this team right now, Magic Man. 
Yeah, absolutely drilled. And you know, you would think with with a guy who's that um, who's that lean and long, you know, would protect the ball a little better driving. But... It's just his awkward his steps when he goes. It's just not smooth. Uh, no, it's more Frankenstein than it is yeah. Fred Astaire. Yeah, it's like he's speaking a Euro step and he's not in Europe. Simple <laughs> as that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the the bizarre turkey, turkey. Yeah, the Turkish bizarre Euro <laughs> step. Very, very herky jerky. Good good use of that uh, that turn of phrase, Gerald. Yeah, but the the fact remains is that at least in with respect to Cam, a lot a lot of the reasons why he's been on three separate teams is because he's you're able to put him on the floor defensively. Now, what he gives you offensively is another story entirely. The fact remains is that you still you still need perimeter defenders in the NBA, even if they have struggles with shooting it's it's just that simple it's like it's like um cornerbacks in the nfl gerald not every not every cornerback is shut down not every cornerback can play in space either but you need certain types to play regardless of of whether or not they they have overlapping skill sets in that sense christy shouldn't be i personally wouldn't play him gerald i wouldn't at all, you know. I think when Gabe Vincent comes back, who who knows when that's going to be? You're still hopeful. It may be uh, it may be Tuesday against the uh, the, the New York Knicks. But I got to we'll touch see. that with a ten foot pole. I've been getting not, over the coals over that past few days. Yeah, not at all. Uh, even though you were, by the way, you were a hundred percent right. Just listen to what Darvin Ham. God forbid you would want to listen to what the coach says. But go ahead, my friend. Yeah, well, I mean, should be should be just pointed out for the record. Gerald was right. Laker Tom was wrong. Okay. Uh, that being said, regardless regardless of the facts, Gerald, if you're easing him back or not, Prince looks like he's found his shot because he shot really well last night. He shot well tonight. Uh, it looks like I'm not sure what his problems were with. Uh, the corner threes, Gerald, but it looks like he's turned a corner in that sense. He's been shooting over 50% uh, the past two weeks from corner three. So uh, defensively, it's still an issue, but it looks like offensively, he's found uh, a little bit of spark uh, from the corner. I, I, again, like off a of back-to-back, regardless of whether or not uh, we want to tear Darvin Ham and his three guard lineup, a new one. Um, still got the win. Still got the win, indeed, my friend. John, let me bring you in here on the other side of the backcourt. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, 12 points, 10 assists. Uh, we were hoping he would step up a little bit more. I know that was something that a lot of people were asking about in the, in the absence of LeBron. When you lose that playmaker, you know, when he's not out there, it's kind of uh, concerning that you need that extra playmaking when he's not in there. You need D'Angelo to step up. Ten assists tonight, but really, I don't get that warm and fuzzy feeling about how he played tonight. I really think he still could have left, given us something more. 
Absolutely, I, and 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 I agree with you. So uh, Brandon, I'm gonna be. It goes back to our conversation. Yeah, uh, and you were surprised at my take on D'Lo, and it's games like this and in Dallas that make me tell you why I have my thoughts on D'Lo. Like I do. And 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 I and I understand. I understand for you and any any other frustration that like Lakers fans or just anybody out there has on D'Angelo Russell. So I already like I already know this is gonna be a. I'm not saying a hot take, but I ask everyone, I ask all all three of you guys and everybody you know that's uh, on the live tonight to follow follow me follow me as I go through this, okay? Because I get it, I get it. Trust me, I understand the frustration with D'Angelo Russell and his inconsistent his in, inconsistency and his defense. But where I appreciate D'Angelo Russell is his playmaking ability. Exactly like you said, how you said tonight, he had ten assists, but it wasn't that warm feeling of of how of how we, we felt maybe during a Pacers game or, or, or other games during, during the season when D'Angelo Russell has just been just, just setting up the team. But the reason why like I appreciate him so much is, is exactly that, right? That playmaking ability. He gets Anthony Davis and Jackson Hayes and even sometimes like Christian Wood, these players who are a- average players, all they got to do is set a pick and roll to the hoop. And D'Angelo Russell, he has a, he has a real talent. He has a real ability of being able to put the ball where only that player could get it. AD uh, uh, and D'Angelo Russell is an amazing like dimer. He can he can set up these players. And what I like that with with, with Anthony Davis is because like Anthony Davis sometimes these past couple of games he's been aggressive but as we know as lakers fans sometimes it takes him some time to get going and as a basketball player we all know that what's the number one way to number one way to get going seeing that ball go through the hoop and if delo can get ad going going with some easy buckets by seeing that ball go through the hoop or get christian wood or get even jackson hayes some easy lobs at the hoop like i i love it right i love that but my biggest reason why i love dan i'm not saying i love d'angelo russell why i like d'angelo russell and I understand the inconsistency in the defense, but I'm willing to look past it is because when he's on the court with LeBron, he's that playmaker. He allows LeBron to run the lanes. And we've seen LeBron still at 38, about to be 39, one of the most dominant players running downhill when he's running the lanes. And if we have D'Angelo Russell, then we have a playmaker to be able to find LeBron running the lanes. Because if, if D'Lo's not there and LeBron's in the game, LeBron is most likely gonna uh, gonna have to initiate the offense. LeBron is most likely gonna have to be the playmaker. Uh, LeBron's most likely gonna have to have the ball, uh, bringing the ball up court. So therefore, he's not running the lanes, right? And so so that's why I love D'Lo. D'Lo sets up AD, sets up all these other easy players, allows LeBron to run the lanes, and to where he LeBron doesn't have to be on ball. And my other thing is this. Look, I understand it's super easy to say, oh, forget D'Lo. Oh, trade D'Lo. Oh, forget D'Lo. But, like, unless somebody can give me a solid name right now, like, I don't understand. It just makes no sense to me, like, why you're going to just say that. Unless we get Malcolm Brogdon, right? Malcolm Brogdon is great, right? He's he's He can play make like as probably as good as D'Lo or up there. He's a great smart point guard. He's great on defense. Like, Malcolm Brogdon would be great. But shoot it, it this isn't nba 2k we can't just like force do the trade override right so i mean if we can do that sweet we get mock and brogdon defense would be better playmaking would be great no no issue but the realistically we're not gonna get malkin Bro- we're probably not gonna be able to go out to go out there and get malkin brogdon so let's say we do let d go or trade d or do whatever and bring in a defensive specialist 
okay, great. Now we have that defensive specialist. Our playmaking has dropped off dramatically now because, again, now it's going to force LeBron to have to be on the ball a lot more. Not going to let LeBron run the lanes. I think it's going to drop off those easy buckets that I mentioned from AD, from Jackson Hayes. So my my issue is I understand this inconsistency in his defense, but, look, man, you got to take the bad with the good and 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 run with it, man. I just think what he does for this team and – he he allows so many players to play different roles. Um, I, I love it. And again, unless we go get Malcolm Brogdon, I don't know who we're going to get that our playmaking isn't going to dramatically drop off. Like, yeah, our defense can get better, but then our playmaking drops off. Um, so I know that was long-winded, man, but here's that, that's what I got, man. That's what I got on D'Lo. Well, we never have any time limits, so that's all good, my friend. <laughs> but uh, I will say on D'Lo, as I told you on the show that I did on your show, The Lakers Corner, when it comes to D'Lo, the very nature of his contract will make him uh, the one of the individuals that the Lakers will shop around the most around trade deadline. It's just a matter of fact of his trade. It doesn't matter what you think of him, what I think of him, just the very nature of his contract and the fact that he can become a free agent in the summer, and which he most likely will because if he stays healthy, he'll probably try to be looking for something like in a three- or four-year contract just by the very nature that looks like he, you know, he's going to be up for trade talks right there. Joe, let me ask you this, my friend. When it comes to what we see tonight from Anthony Davis, you've asked for consistency with Anthony Davis. And for the past few games, you've seen it. And Magic Man pointed out with his chart, his excellent chart that he was able to, to go ahead and find. You've seen the consistency from Anthony Davis. We need to see more. Uh, my I'm, God, it's I'm, been I'm good satis- so far. Yeah, I'm satisfied with this with these performances. Uh, you can't ask more for a guy who's dropping 25, 30, and 10, and 12, and their their game difference points. This is not just empty stat stuff. He's dominating. He, he There was some plays he made in and around Wembenyama. You could see that there was a veteran skill set that, that overwhelmed Victor. He's, Victor. he's, because he's, yeah, Joe, he's, while not being assertive, uh, he's actually changing tempo because he's able to stall other teams' runs in the past few games. And that's, that's what superstars do, folks. Uh, the Lakers were playing very well up, you know, 41, 41 minutes into the game. They got lackadaisical a little bit. And I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to delve in a little bit more on, on some of the players as well. Uh, Johnny, you, you talked about D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell, uh, in my assessment of his career, is unfortunate. Is the word that I, I, I like to I like to say. It's unfortunate that he hasn't tapped into that next level. Uh, the next level would be, in in my view, that would help this team tremendously is dribble penetration, spacing, and being able to get the ball at the right time to, let's say, the post player. The post player, it's easy to get the ball at the three-point shooters these days. I don't count that as great passing. I'm talking about timely passes, whether it's a bounce pass, whether it's an alley-oop. It's not consistent enough. If that was, he'd be a completely different player, and his effect on the game would be huge in a positive uh, situation for the Lakers. The reason why it's so unfortunate is that he has a killer mid-game range, so he could control that area. He could control it to where there's no one that's guarding that could really commit to either or if he was able to make those plays and, and make them on a consistent basis. 
And then on top of that, he's got a quick release from deep. It's like, okay, his offense isn't good, but in a lot of ways with the, today's game, you can't you can you can cover a lot of that if you're able to do things on offense that can that can make you valuable because you can use then guys like Vando, guys like um uh Reddish as your defensive guys, depending on matchups against teams you're playing against. Uh, so that's kind of where I stand on D'Angelo Russell. Austin Reeves, uh, we, we do have to understand also, this is still his third season. Uh, I believe he has a chance to get better. Uh, he still has a chance to get a little bit better. And he's gotten out of his funk from the beginning of the year. This happened last year as well. I'm pretty satisfied with his game, and I, I hope that he continues to just inch little little by little in, in, in a better situ- in, in terms of better performance. And I think before tonight's game, he had been shooting 44% from three uh, and shooting 50% from the field, averaging around 19 points uh, the last uh, three games. And you guys have seen the the, the, the performances because he's played well. Uh, if, if a couple threes don't go go through with the, with the Dallas game, the Lakers win that game. So I was very happy with his performance yesterday as well. Uh, so Austin Reeves, I'm not really worried about. D'Angelo, it's just not looking like he's he's going to be that extra guy, which is really what they need. They really need that. Rui Hachimura is just not consistent enough. He, he just has too many lapses during the game. And then guys like Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to kill the kid here, but uh, Max Christie, uh, to quote to quote Stone Hansen, is not an NBA player, and I happen to agree. I I agree. I'm I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I've actually been saying that since since he's since he's actually came on this team. Like, and 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 this is no hate to him. He's like a like 20 21 year old kid, like which is totally cool, right? And like half the world is aren't, aren't NBA players, but like you can go get better in the, in the, in the G league. Like we don't have time right now to be getting, getting better. All these talents. Like I'd rather just have that roster spot for a player. That's actually going to contribute something. Um, so I agree with you on that, but Joe, I, I did want to like, cause I, cause I, I hear what you're saying. And like, I don't want you or anybody that's like out there, like listening to think like, I, I, I don't agree with you. Everything that you said about D like I'll give you, but I also like how I said when on my little rant, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the bad with the good, because of his because of his playmaking ability and what he brings to this team. But like to you, like where are you on the spectrum? Because we know we, we can go to Lakers Twitter and see that people are like trade D'Lo, execute him, and then some people are like you know like me on more on the side of like all right, well take the bad with the good. What do you, where where are you with that? Because because of how you feel about D'Lo. The problem with D'Lo is he makes too many boneheaded plays. And he doesn't show up when we really need him consistently. Uh, it's not good enough uh, based off of the construction of the current roster. He has, he, he, he's got too much playing time for someone who can't consistently do the things he's supposed to do, that he's skilled physically to do. So it's obvious that there's something above the neck that is either a half a nanosecond too slow or Maybe it's just the mind doesn't want to do it. It's just not, it's not, it's not going to work from, he's not going to be that guy. There's a small chance that Austin Reeves can be that guy. But uh, like one of our esteemed uh, viewers said, uh, I can't remember, I did the 
the list went down pretty, pretty quick. Uh, Austin needs to stop juggling the ball. I call it juggling the ball in traffic. He needs to stop doing that. Stop doing that. Been saying and, that for years, Joe. Yeah, stop ju juggling the ball and understand that you need to learn something from yesterday's game. Uh, a, a very, very athletic player who is smart, like Hardaway Jr., is going to start creating offensive fouls against you because he knows where you're going. So you're going to need to either control your steps into the lane to where you're not going full full force. The problem is he's not fast enough and his lateral movement isn't fast enough to probably do that. So he's going to have to at least probably create some space, which he can just stop juggling the ball, work on, work on that and adjust to it or, Maybe Darvin Ham can create some kind of play where if Austin does commit to that, there's someone there for him to do a bounce pass to or get him a, a, an alley-oop. So that's, that's it, basketball is a pretty amazing sport when you get down to the, to, the, to the science of it, when you get down to the fundamentals. It's always a constant – I mean, it's like this in any sport, but it's different – when, when it's just five guys and the guy's controlling the ball, because everybody can control the ball in basketball. It's not like a left tackle in football. You know, that guy doesn't have to worry about controlling the ball. But in basketball, the adjustments, the, the second and third options need to be natural. And that's where coaching comes in handy, right? And that's where coaching can recognize, well, if this guy can't do it, maybe he can, and maybe 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 I can adjust a little bit and have him go this way. Because Austin Reeves doesn't have bad handles; he just can't have those handles against elite players because they're fast and they can play defense. And a good coach can devise a plan to minimize your effectiveness just by playing to to your to to you playing too quick. Um, so that's. That's uh, that's where that is. I I don't I don't know where this is going to go in the end here by by the trade deadline. Uh, but as of today on December thirteenth, I still believe the Lakers need one scorer on this team, whoever that is, one scorer, someone that can score whether he's playing fifteen minutes or whether he's playing thirty minutes. We need that one guy with LeBron and AD, and I think the Lakers would be in good shape to contend for the title towards the end. Joe like sounded it. like Robert Stack there. I just heard that. Uh, Maybe he had too much at the habit. I just, uh, I just heard that unsolved mystery Steve song behind him as he said, and the Lakers need one more score. Maybe he needs more at the habit. What is the deal between in and out and the habit? Uh, I guess you and Coolbro are going at it. So, uh, so Coolbro. Gerald, did, cool, did you cool happen? Bro. Yeah, let me, let me finish here real quick. Yeah, you asked the question. I get you, Magic Man. I cool, get you. I cool get you. bro thinks that in and out's better than the habit. Uh, he, uh, it's a major discussion, Magic yeah. Man, about world yeah. affairs here. Yeah. In and out. Yeah, I've never habit. heard of the hab habit until yeah. now, so yeah. let's go. So, All right. so uh, yeah, this is very important information, Sean. You need to listen. Oh, um, I'm enthralled yeah, so far. Yeah. So with that, I, I, I guess uh, Cool Bro wanted me to tell you that uh, uh, that the habit hamburgers are gummy somethings. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, Cool Bro says you've been eating too much of the habit. So there you go. I try to eat there maybe once every few months because I like to enjoy the, the, the hamburger. Okay. If you start eating those too regularly, then they start to get stale. But anyways, Sean, go ahead and continue. 
Okay, well, but I'm going to get John. I guess that there was a great comment, I guess, is Jeff Bezos sending D'Lo in the space. So I guess the feeling is not always there when it comes Bezos. to D'Lo. Jeff Bezos, sorry. Oh. As far as the Amazon guy, you know, the guy with the, his own space company. Must be nice. Magic Man, let me get you in on this. Yeah, Once again, the Lakers. Pe it's Pez, not, not right? Pez. Pez. So Bezos. Bez, Bezos, 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 Bezos yeah. whatever. Yeah, Bezos. It's I so buy Amazon products. That's okay. Anyways, he's fine. He gets his money. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Magic Man, let me ask you this. Torian Prince, as Zangerstein alluded to at the beginning of the show, as they say in NBA Jam, he's on fire because he has been shooting the lights out from three after was noted what he was three for 20, I think. And, you know, for so long, Adam, Alan, and many of the other individuals in our chat, you know, and rightly so, deservedly so, wondered why he still had a spot in the rotation, much less in the starting lineup. He still is kind of shaky defensively because we play him against some of the best players on the other team. And, it's kind of still of a mixed bag there, but when he's shooting like that, we were mocking him for his 40% claim. And I was calling him Mr. 40%. Well, lo and behold, he's getting back closer to Mr. 40% for the Lakers and for the Lakers, a team in dire need of consistent shooting. It really helps a lot. Magic man. Uh, absolutely. Gerald, um, 100%. Uh, again, I just, uh, put up that graphic beforehand. I can, put it up again of course um prince has been on fire the past uh past few games um you know likely when he plays the spurs again i can i i think he's gonna hit a couple more gerald he's just we talked about this um in the preseason that uh, he's a very streaky shooter so we should come to expect that at times the streak is going to be for the for the good and uh right now he's on a heater um again Torian prince last nine games 26 of 48 54 percent Gerald. so i i still think it's um it's a tall task for him to uh boast that uh, he's gonna average 40 percent but uh taking up there ticking up there i i also put up this graphic as well gerald just to for all the uh laker fans kind of um either bitter or kind of just resentful of what's going on other environments around the nba look at this so stats mamba Got this. So highest wide open three point percentage this season. Do you notice what's common in this graphic, Gerald? Well, Matt Ryan played for the Lakers. Malik Beasley played for the Lakers. Lonnie Walker fourth played for the Lakers. 
Absolutely, and they're all shooting over 50% on wide-open three-pointers this year. Just not on the Lakers. Not on the Lakers. You, yes. you know why. Come on. Remind everybody who they're playing for again. One's playing for the Brooklyn Nets. One's Black. playing for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay. And who Milwaukee are, Bucks. Okay, and one's okay. paying for the okay. Bucks. So basically all the North – Midwest, East Coast areas that if I go and talk to my neighbor, I'm like, hey, did you guys watch the Timberwolves game last night? You know they're in first place, right? Yeah, we know. We know. No one cares mean, about Minnesota the, except Minnesota. You mean the, the team from the program with James Conn? Guys, these guys, when they go elsewhere, it's like this. When they come here, it's like this. You get it? For those of you on Apple listening, you know what I meant. You know where I was going with this. No. Yeah, Actually, they don't. They don't. They can't see your head gestures. The Hollywood lights seem to tend to have a tendency to bring the level of uh, three-point accuracy. It's not an accident, folks, that the pressure. He believes in the Lakers' three-point curse. It's not a curse. It's pressure. The blood thickens, like really thickens up on guys. Lakers media, Lakers pressure is is real. It's not a fantasy. It's not some uh, Babe Ruth curse on the Red Sox. This is the Laker pressure, the Laker lights. You need to perform and perform all the time. I bet you if Max Christie had gone to Charlotte, probably be playing a little bit better than he is here. He is getting worse, actually, as he keeps playing. He should have had a good game tonight. He had lousy competition tonight. He should have been playing really well tonight, but he can't. It's hard, guys. It's very hard to play professionally. It's very, very hard. Even if you're focused, even if you've got talent, it's still hard. And you have to understand that. There's a few people that can do what they do. And we we get lost. Fan bases get lost. Well, mo- most fans are morons, so it's not really that they're lost. They just want to be pricks. So... They they don't get how unique uh, LeBron James is. They don't get it. They don't see how unique an Anthony Davis is. These guys are freaks of nature. And when you see someone like Max Christie, who's obviously got height and talent and things like that, not working, it, it, I'm telling you guys, it takes it takes something special to be consistent and and and, and good. And you're you're getting a chance to see it here. Before we head on out, and once again, the Lakers do win 122-119. to 119. Let me remind you that tomorrow's show is Lakers History 101. Uh, hopefully we can get L. Rob in for that as we talk about the 2004 season and ultimately how it, you know, you guys want to talk about that season? You said you wanted to. Did I? Yes. I thought we already talked about 2004. No, I thought we talked. We said you wanted to go ahead and touch on Shaq, and then you said you wanted to go ahead and touch on 2004. All right. Yes, you, yes, you, yes you did. Okay. Yes, you did. Uh, I, I, yes. I should slap myself yes, for that one. Okay. Well, before you slap yourself for that one, Cool Bro says, uh, actually, he's got some more uh, in and out habit smack for you. So go ahead and reply to him on as far as the jazz concerned. Let me go ahead and do- Okay. Go ahead, Joe. I'll well, you know, Cool Bro, you're, you're, you're ascending into adolescence. Uh, yeah, be nice, be gentle. You're growing, you know. It's only your palate is going to enhance. And by the <laughs> way, I don't dislike In and Out Burger, but I will admit, I will say this: as you start to, as as your your taste matures, 
you're right now a freshman in high school. You're going to start getting into, you know, senior year in high school, and then you're going to get to college, and you're going to start seeing the differences between salt here, pepper here, jalapenos here. So, you know, get ready for it and enjoy. Enjoy uh, enjoy that ascension. That's all I got to say on that. I'm gonna. I, I have. A, I'm, gonna get I, the, I'm gonna get the fans mad about not talking to Lakers here. I have. I have a ba- I have a basic kitchen question for you. Okay, a basic cooking question. What is the difference between seasoning and spice? Uh, I don't know. Seasoning is salt and pepper. That's it. Okay. Coolbro asks also as well as far as the did you do your Mythosar homework, Magic Man? I'm gonna assume no. Coolbro, did you see the Dune Part Two latest trailer? That's the homework I have for you. But before we head on out, uh, actually, John, I want you to bring you back in here. This is time. This is cheap plug time. Obviously, any last thoughts on the game you want to go ahead and give? And of course, please tell everybody where you are at and what great content that you're putting out there for people on the Lakers corner and clutch talk right there for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So my, my last thoughts of the game is look, a win is a win. I've said this many times, a win is a win and I'll take, I'll take a win over a loss any day of the week. But I just hope that Darvin Ham understood what he did wrong. We make the adjustments. We make the adjustments moving forward. And then last thing that I do want to speak to this, I know, uh, Joe, when you you were talking about the Lakers kind of really need that one that one score. And just just to bring the other side, I guess, of of that of that argument or, or that debate, uh, just so you know, we have a variety on the show. Is like right now we're twenty five, like twenty four games into the season, right? I do think a third score would be great. I think a third score would help us end up being like closer to a one seed or, or closer to the you know, top, top, top of the West. But I said this with Gerald when we were talking on, on a Lakers show. I said, as long as the Lakers can get in the top four seed, like I can hope and pray that the duo of LeBron and AD and the deepness of this team, like how we were deep last year, how that how that team helped us get to the Western, the deepness helped us get to the Western Conference Finals. I'm going to just hope and pray that LeBron and AD can carry us and then the deepness of this team can, you know, in theory, we, we were supposed to have only gotten deeper. So that's that, I guess that, that that's just me playing the devil advocate of, of, of the other side. But again, that's only my take 25 ish games into the season that could totally change. Um, but as of right now, that is where I stand and for, for everybody, um, you know, watching out there, uh, pre- appreciate everybody tuning in and you could find me i have two channels i have a uh, clutch talk just like how you guys see right here that is on youtube apple Podcasts, spotify um that's all nba content um just nba talk show dropping two episodes per week and then i also have lakers corner channel because i'm in the corner and got all my lakers stuff so lakers corner and that's just on youtube just look up lakers corner and get at me for all lakers content but as always appreciate you guys and uh just this is the best lakers tip uh, post game show well, thank you. Even though we stray off into French fries and fast food. That's why it's the best one. That's okay. why it's the best one. Okay. Star Wars and stuff like that. See, okay. All right. Just want to make sure. It's, we venture off into so many different things. And actually, Magic Man and I were on We Talk Mavs. Relling King doing an amazing job on that show. He's tired now because he was up late. Magic Man was up really late on that show. But we were up there for two hours theirs was a little bit more they did they went off on on tangents too magic man but man they were there was like 
vitriol on that channel. There was like someone that went rogue and they just went off. And there was like a battle between us and against them. And it was just like, my God. You know what, Gerald? They call they called Detroit the D. Yeah. And they could call Dallas the big D for yeah. a reason. Because everything is bigger in Texas. Even the goddamn arguments on chats, like they were just shredding this person up and down. It was and Adam, I, I, that's what I've asked John to do. Uh, he wanted some advice. I'm going to be honest and upfront with you guys. And he, I asked, I, one of the things I said was more live podcasts like these. I cannot recommend it to you enough, John, because it gets a community. If you're able and as fortunate like we are to build a community as great as this one, it, it is so helpful. And, and it just, it makes, it gives you the impetus to do these shows. Why are we, why do we make the switch to go to an everyday format is because of the people in this chat. That's exactly why we did it. And if you could build that kind of community, that is to me, it's the greatest feeling out there in the world is to build a community that enjoys what you do. And I highly recommend you do live podcasts whenever you get a chance, my friend, just hopefully you'll one day you'll be able to start that up. But right now, Adam, if you can go ahead and check out his great work there at Lakers corner and clutch talk, it is worth the view. It is absolutely worth the view. Does some great work there, including an inner conversation with me last week. I love the fact his shorts like had me still his shorts. I mean, that's so funny, Gerald. So who, who do you have out there as far as no one's untradeable? Nope. no nope. Austin Reeves. No one's no, no one's untradeable. So yes, <laughs> took that little, little bite from that. Normally people get mad like that. I'm just like, there you go. If it gets you 3000 hits. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Absolutely. Appreciate that, Gerald. Appreciate that, Joe. And Magic Man, as always, appreciate you. And Adam, appreciate you, my brother. And we're going to keep coming with this NBA content, Lakers content all the time. Absolutely. And remember, you're always welcome back. Just hit me up when you can stop by. Actually, I'll just make you part of rotation. I'll send yeah. it out. You can't come on. Just don't come on. If you can't come on, there you go. That's what I do. I mean, just when I send it out there to you guys on the links, if you can stop on by, absolutely. If you can't, no worries. Just yeah, don't even don't even don't even worry about it. It's just it's a bonus if you're on, and if you're not, I've got Joe. Absolutely, I'll be here. Appreciate that. But I do have Magic Man. All right, yeah, there you go. That's good. One out of two ain't bad. <laughs> One out of two ain't bad. One out of two ain't bad. Joe's. I was waiting for Joe. Yep, Joe scowling at me like he did last night. Yeah, there you go. All right, indeed. Tell what tell what to Joe Coolbro before the stream ends. Everybody watching, Joe has abandoned the In and Out Alliance and joined the Imperial Galactic Habit. Cool, bro, there's only one alliance <laughs> I'm a part of. Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. There you go. Absolutely, indeed. <laughs> no, I think he meant himself. That's Simblades. Simblades. That is his company. This. So. That's his company. Yes. Means more than a piece of fruit, Gerald, or a company. Yeah, that's true. He yeah. He was called a narcissist on the air and actually embraced it. That tells you he's a narcissist. When he embraces being called a narcissist, that's a narcissist. Absolutely. Most, says, most don't embrace it. Most are in denial, which makes you even more of a narcissist. No, that's true. <laughs> you know, that's... Joe, you, you were the chosen one. It was said you would bring balance to the burger force, not leave it in darkness. <laughs> Sorry, um, folks. I'm probably more Darth Sidious. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Consider, considering, considering he said he, he liked pizza better than burgers. I do. 
I do too. I, do. I like pizza better. I yeah, do. it's easier right. to eat. You can use a fork and and and, and knife if you have to. Uh, there's something about fresh pizza that 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 just makes you want to get on your knees and beg for buttermilk. <laughs> you can also have different variations of of pizzas versus <laughs> <laughs> not as many different variations of burgers. God rest your soul, Bill Paxton. I miss you every day. Absolutely, You're such a talented actor, and, and uh, yeah, I knew that would break, Sean. I was waiting for the right moment to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's gone. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, nobody, nobody should see me losing it like that. <laughs> Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win one twenty-two to one nineteen. We'll be back tomorrow with Lakers history one hundred and one. And then, of course, Friday, the usual set, the pregame, during the game on playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Shout out to Laker Nick once again for stopping by and Magic Man and Joe for stopping by as well. And then again, the postgame, the best postgame in town. There's nowhere else that's better than right here at the Lakers Fast Break podcast. <laughs>